Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Um, that was gross. I hate hand stuff. And he was an idiot. Yeah, he was dumb. Um... You hate hand stuff? Like hands, like hand injuries. No, I know what you meant. Yeah, shut up. Welcome to Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies from people not typically depicted in scary movies. I eat us, Drea. How's it going again? Uh, season four back in the studio. It's good to see your face, and not just your face, it's good to be in the same room with you, right? You know, I think I've seen you how many times in the past year and a half? Like, not even in, like. I can't count it on one hand. Yeah. It's pretty pathetic. It's I'm re- really sad about but it. But I will say that you, more than anybody else in my life, consistently came, even though you were in San Diego during most of the pandemic, came up and gave me care packages. Yes, I did. Some of your mother's cooking, I believe, which was... And my father's. So good. And mm-hmm. your father's. And it and was... And some of mine. I felt very taken care of, I will say. You are so welcome. So, again, Drea's classic segment, Have Y'all Seen? Pulling something from the horror archives, not the whore archives, which she usually does. <laughs> so good, bitch. We're going to get into the short film, A Strange Thing About the Johnsons, our Act 2 main discussion. We're going to talk about werewolves within. And our Scream Queen of the Week is Haley Law as Tess in Spontaneous. You might remember Haley as being one of the new Josie and the Pussycats from the Riverdale TV series. And uh, that's pretty much it. Why don't you take it away? Hey, Drea. And off we go. <laughs> this is a short film by Ari Aster. Um, before we got into Hereditary and uh, Summer Stan or Midsummer, <laughs> something like that. Um, <laughs> He directed The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. And it is and strange. where the fuck he came up with this shit, I, I don't know. Because he, he wrote this and he directed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find the film on YouTube. Um, it's like 30 minutes long. And it tells the story of... Uh, well, uh, it's this unorthodox family. There's something strange going on between this father and son. And you can't you can't quite figure it out. On the wedding day of this son, the groom disappears and the wife goes to find him and the husband. 
He's in the backyard, like doing shit to his dad. Blowing his daddy's dick. <laughs> He's blowing dick. his dad. <laughs> He's blowing his daddy's dick. Then you understand that this child—he's got it just fixated on his he, father. He, from a very young age, he he became fixated on his father, and his father's not interested, and he's pursuing his father, and he's actually the technically the predator in a sense because he, he his father can't say no or whatever but he's like dominating him he's basically beating him down into a shell of a man mm-hmm. and made him like his puppet thing and though and his mother is fully aware that all of this shit is well she's not fully aware but she, she knows is, she knows something's going on but doesn't want to admit to it and her and his wife his new wife knows but doesn't want to admit to it and it finally comes to a head where the father, he's writing a book, a tell-all book, t- t- confessing and, you know, everything that happened. And uh, the son finds it mm-hmm. and beats the shit out of him. And and, uh, and the <laughs> wife just listens. I believe she's like hearing this bullshit go down. I mean, it's like it is a horror movie in the sense that it is horrible. Horrific, yeah. yeah. Um, and what I will say is that. Watching, I'd never seen this before. Dre recommended it, and we saw it in her apartment. And I was like, "What the literal fuck?" But in the gaze of the camera, and what Ari Aster chooses to linger on and move away from, you see. I saw what would become his gaze in *Hereditary* in *Midsummer*. Mm-hmm. There's something. It's not cartoonish necessarily, no. but there's something a little off about it. There's something on the edge of the table for me that it was like. I get how he looks at this world. Yeah. The subject matter is not appeasing, but the way he delivers it is so interesting. I mean, it does it, seem it is... that he's interested in taboo. Mm-hmm. You oh, know? beyond. Yeah. Beyond. And he he's not afraid of pushing those limits. And the fact that he did this with a, a black family, too, is yeah. a very interesting choice. Because um, we... Black families don't want to get into this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It exists in all communities, mm-hmm. but yeah, we definitely don't want to get into the, the, the those ugly truths that that exist out there in some families. Did he ever say why he decided to make the family black or like? Because that- you know, I didn't even get into it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there is a reason for that. It, I'm there has to be, um, but it could it could have been. A subconscious decision, I suppose. But uh, but I mean, even still, like again, depicting this perversion in suburbia, mm-hmm. you know, and in a family unit that seems strong and safe. And when I when you look into this this depiction of horror, right, and you, then you look to Hereditary again inside of a family, or or I think Midsummer, which was a scary movie bathed in sunlight. You know, the, these things happening in places they shouldn't happen. You know, like. You expect scary movies to be under the cover of darkness. Yeah. You know, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, all that that's stuff. That's where scary As soon as the are. sun goes down, that's when the killer comes out, right? So I think there's this way that he subverts your expectation of like where horror lies. Yeah. And, you know, because I would assume in a dynamic like this, if you were to depict incest, it would be the parental figure with the power Mm-hmm. Praying on the child—that's that's how it's all often done. But and this that's one, how it plays the, out in life. The it, child praying on the parental figure, mm-hmm. which is where the twist comes. Mm-hmm. It was really uncomfortable. Very thirty <laughs> minutes is all it I needed can to do be. More than thirty minutes of that bullshit. <laughs> um, the climactic, you know, ending is yeah. It 
it comes to a head with with Mama and the son. Yeah, I can't and deal with it any longer. She's had enough. Mm-hmm. Does the father kill? He th- throws himself in front of a bus or a car or he uh, steps off the curb and gets hit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't throw himself, mm-hmm. but he's like backing up, I think, and then he gets hit and run over. And his manuscript, like he was, he was going to write about the abuse, but also being complicit in it. And yeah. like, yeah, he was, he was owning up to all his shit. So I mean, technically, he might have, he he might have stepped into that street on purpose. I have to look at that again. I've I've actually seen the film a few times. Um, it's, it's always uncomfortable every time I watch it. <laughs> I mean, you watched it again. I've only seen it the one time and I'm like, yeah, I think that's I enough. mean, I can, I can withstand some. some you can though. You can. S- you are made of a different metal than me. <laughs> yes. I mean, but like when it comes to psychological weird, like off putting shit like that, I, you know, I'm intrigued. I want to learn about what makes people tick. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's interesting. People are scary what makes them tick and also what unravels them Mm -hmm. i think that's what i find most curious Mm -hmm. because there are little things that we do in our day-to-day lives that i think if put under strain or stress could extrapolate into a larger problem yeah either you put ordinary characters in extraordinary situations or you put extraordinary characters in ordinary situations and see how that plays out Mm -hmm. and we're watching the unraveling of this like suburban family which i'm here for because fuck fam, I mean not like fuck families, but I just no, mean fuck like that archetype. Yeah, like yeah. that nuclear kind of thing that we're supp- we're we're fed that we're supposed to feed into, mm-hmm. right? That if we don't exist as as people as fully realized adults unless we're in that type of family, anything that unravels that type of family, I'm here for. Exactly. Yeah, I'm so here for that shit, and and it says that it says so much about that and trust in these. Over in Pasadena and where all these behind closed doors, behind these multi-million dollar mansions. Mm-hmm. Just imagine mm-hmm. what these motherfuckers are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, all the money in the world, they doing some weird ass shit. They're I dirty. promise you. Yeah. It's Illuminati and all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> but there's this also this idea that once you've had this nuclear family, that all of your troubles go away. You know, that like that solves something inside of you, that that solves something in your character when, you know, challenges and and undoings exist in every iteration of life, whether or not you're in one of these like sort of strongholds of, of family. So I just like anything that chips away at that illusion. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for recommending this. Uh, also, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Mm. <laughs> All right. Um, so our main discussion we're getting into Werewolves Within. Yes, this is a new film. Um, actually, it's based off of a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like I a didn't virtual know. reality or some shit. Yeah, Ubisoft produced it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a whodunit. It's in a small town. It's sort of like, um, uh, it gives me like Northern Exposure vibes. It's just like an isolated town. Yeah. You know, snowed in. There's this new uh, policeman in town, I believe. Played by Sam Richardson. Yeah, Sam Richardson comes in. He meets, like, the one postal worker. Played by the AT&T lady. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> and she just kind of takes him around. That's why she looks so familiar. Uh-huh. I was like, I don't know who this bitch is, but I know this bitch. Uh-huh. Um, and she kind of takes him around, like, a tour of town, and he kind of meets all the eccentric weirdos, among them Michaela Watkins, who I love, um, and uh, Cheyenne Jackson. And what's his name, Guillermo? 
Harvey Gann. Yeah. Um, as a gay couple, sort of new agey. You know, like, I think it also... Werewolves Within is a movie, I think, that will be illustrative of what it's like to be alive now. Because in this small town, you still have, like, the neoliberals and the Trumpers. Mm-hmm. You know? And, like, they're they're sort of, like, clashing and in, in, in this small microcosm. And then you've got like the survivalist who's out in the woods by himself. You've got a couple of meth heads or something. They're on some opioids. I don't know what they're on, but they're on some. Um, and there's like the innkeeper and then like the weird scientist. What you realize is that some people have gone missing. Um, among them, the innkeeper's husband, who they just assume has left with a mistress. And things kind of come to a head at the inn where they decide to all kind of gather because there is something on the outside stalking them, but they sort of realize there's werewolves within. Oh, Uh, I see what you did there. You're so clever. Yeah. um, The call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. I really liked this. It was silly. You know, it was a silly film. Um, It was funny. The stakes never seemed super high. I really, really, really liked the main character. Yeah. Sam Richardson. I don't remember his name in the thing. but Finn Wheeler. He was so charming. It's sort of, he gave me a little bit of like Ted Lasso vibes. Like he's just like a really charming character who makes everyone like him. Mm-hmm. Um, people from ac- across political spectrums. And he has an unerring enthusiasm for what it is that he does, for being in this town, even though he's kind of um, beta, you know, like he kind of like lets people, or at least like, you know, it's got this like girlfriend or whatever, who's like, he, like who's broken up with him, even though he doesn't know it. Um, but he's, he, he's unerringly charming. As he is in like everything he's in. He's so just like, something about him is very delightful. His face is just like, the heck, you're just really adorable. His optimism is like, we'll figure it out. Don't worry, we got this. Like continually throughout the film, as people are dropping off, as people are psychologically unraveling, as people are shooting themselves in the hand and shit like that, he's kind of always like, no, we got this, we got this, we got this, until the twist comes at the end and he's like, oh, fuck. But I will say, when they were in that lady's crash pad or whatever, and they were playing around with them axes, you know, when they were throwing them axes, <laughs> I knew that something was going to happen with them axes. That was like a plant. That was the Chekhov's axe. I was like, if you see an axe, they're going to use an axe. Yeah, you don't introduce a weapon like that. It's just a classic, straightforward clue. There's a weapon here, so somebody's going to get hit with that weapon Mm -hmm. eventually. Mm -hmm. Did you know, suspect, or otherwise Uh -uh. have any portent of who the werewolf was going to be? No. No, I thought it, you know, I I believed every person they kept alluding to. Mm-hmm. So they did a great job of, you know, getting me off the scent. Um, who was, I can't think of his name, but the same guy that was from True Detective. The, the well, if you haven't seen the first True Detective, sorry. But the killer in True Detective, mm-hmm. um, he was the guy living in the woods. The cabin dude mm-hmm. comes to his rescue at the mm-hmm. end. I can't think of his name, but I like him. He's really, he plays all kinds of characters. Usually he plays more of like a, like a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> so he was low-key a psychopath, like living in the mountains, but he had like a, he's like a salt of the earth kind of man. And I liked their relationship between him and Finn's character. I would definitely let him 
Mm, do terrible I already know you would. <laughs> he's Glenn, big. Is his name Glenn? Oh, I think his name is Glenn Fleshler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he played Emerson. He's the one, again, like in subverting expectations, like he's the one you kind of suspect because he's he's introduced as a menace. Yeah. You know? He, and he's off. He's just a little off, a lot off. But then, you know, he's kind of, he comes in at the end, kind of saves the day, he's kind of charming. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, yes. They're, they're banter. Like, all those little conversations, they're, they're, they're small, but they make the movie. Mm-hmm. Bust it down. I won't let him. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> um, who were your favorite ancillary characters? Who were your favorite background characters in this movie? Mm, I was feeling Michaela mm-hmm. always. And Har- she's great. Yeah. She's great in everything. Everything. And yeah, Harvey Guillen, uh, I I love him. He played... Joaquin. Him and Cheyenne Jackson, they were funny together. But I really particularly like Harvey because what, you know, what we do in the shadows is everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, so he just kind of popped up on the scene. So it's nice to see him Oh, I'm so excited for the new season, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I can't wait to see what they do with Guillermo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With all of them. Mm-hmm. And Guillermo's coming back as a, a vampire hunter. I know. I miss it. I miss all of them. I miss Nadia. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Cheyenne Jackson, I didn't like as much. I mean, I just don't prefer him. But I mean, they were funny together. They yeah. were they were fine. Yeah. We were talking about Vermont earlier. This is like a Vermont town. They seemed like the New Yorkers who come to Vermont. Yeah. yeah. He, he he wore his little fur hats and he played that role very he was kept a, a kept woman. <laughs> That's I thought that, it was that vibe very I got from rude him. that Cheyenne Jackson got killed with a maple tap. <laughs> that was not cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, I need to do um, a tally of all the kills in this movie. I'm not sure which one ranks where. Like, what was your favorite? I think the maple tap was the one that I was most surprised by. I mean, like, I knew everyone was going to die, but that was like... We didn't really get to see it. That was a thing. It was kind of off screen, but I thought that was that could have been very inventive if it wanted to go a little bit more gory. Mm-hmm. Um, that dude who like saw the werewolf and like got his hand shot off. Um, yeah, I know you talk about the redhead dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was gross. I hate hand stuff. And he was an idiot. It was okay. He was he. Sucked. I mean, he was dumb. Yeah, he was dumb. Um, you hate hand stuff? Like hands, like hand injuries. No, I know what you meant. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> the other thing that I liked about this movie is like it kind of went against the idea that people come together. You know, that like I think there's there's a narrative trope in Hollywood of the like people coming together to face off against the bad guy. And these were just a bunch of people for whom their divisions were so great. They could never come together. That, that, that idea that we are our own worst enemy. You know, the, what sort of changed the game for me was Walking Dead. Because in, in a lot of, not all of them, but in a lot of those, the zombie movies that I grew up watching, it was a group of survivors who banded together to face this one thing. And The Walking Dead, that first season, I was like, oh, you don't get to choose who you survive with. Mm-hmm. Some people who survive are fucking white supremacists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that was really fucking scary to me. That was like, what if I had to survive with the people I went to high school with? That would fucking suck. <laughs> and and th- this is kind of similar in the sense that like the people who you survive with, they're, they're not friends. They don't like each other. They don't want the best for each other. They're very selfish. All of them. There's a, a bunch of selfish characters who couldn't care less about their neighbors who would push them in front of a werewolf if they had to in order to survive. Yeah. Which I thought very was reflective. very I thought was super realistic, yeah. especially of the times that we live in now mm-hmm. and how divisive and how also just like people 
two different people seeing the same thing, having a different interpretation. Seemed very sort of like Fox News era, like what you saw wasn't what you saw. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really cleverly done. Um, The AT&T lady as the vampire was a twist. Werewolf. Werewolf, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. Um, Uh But what I thought she did well was went from like, Chipper girl next door to menacing. Oh hell yeah! I I didn't know AT and T girl had it in Mm-mm. her. She has the range. She, range. she has the range. She went there. <laughs> <laughs> she she said it with her chest. Yeah, and it was almost like seductive. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still flirty. It was still kind of like. I kind of want you to kill me. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the whole. That's like half the allure. It's like bite me mm-hmm. <laughs> like please do mm-hmm. <laughs> i kind of want you to and it turns out that like she wasn't actually the, the town's male person that that person had been killed and she like took over the role or whatever yeah, and nobody was getting their packages the position, yeah yeah she had taken advantage of the main character's optimism mm-hmm. and kindness and was like you're so simple you're so you're such a beta. You let anybody walk on you. And I feel like that in the in that way, like even though he's not a final girl, he's a final boy. That's the kind of journey that the final girl goes through, yeah. which is like to learn her strength and her resolve and her bottom line. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what he learned in this yeah. movie. No, he's absolutely it's not a again, a scream queen, but I got those vibes from his character. Like you survived this and we have been cheering for you throughout this whole film. You don't have the aggro aggression of most leading males in films like that. Like, it's just different. Like, his whole, it was his demeanor that makes it, like, you're really rooting for him. Mm -hmm. Almost in a way like you would for a final girl. Yeah. I think this was maybe the second or third movie I saw in theaters after pandemic. It's not after pandemic. We're still in a pandemic. You know, quarantine. And it was, I think, here's the thing. It was the same thing with um, A Quiet Place 2. Which was, I don't know, this is clouding, I think, my judgment of this particular film. It was like, I don't know if I like this or I'm happy to be back. You know what I mean? Where I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm really enjoying myself, but I think it's I'm enjoying the experience of being in the movies. I'll, I, I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes I'll like something and then go back to it and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? It's just because of the mood I was in and I'm connecting with it at that time. Um, there was a time we didn't even think we we're going to go back to movie theaters. Yeah. That thought crossed my mind and it made me so, so sad. So sad. Because my two favorite things to do in the entire world are go to the movies and sing. And I was like, am I not going to be able to do that one thing that I love more than anything else? <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, and like the whole movie thing just wasn't the same. You know, we could do no. watch parties and all that kind of stuff. It still wasn't the same. And I will tell you, I will tell you right now, anybody out there in Radio Land who has access to an Alamo draft house, when they play that thing in the beginning before the movie starts, where it shows like pictures of people in movies and like characters watching movies you, and then you people, cry? I do every fucking time bitch I tear <laughs> the, the fuck up the first time I saw that I cried I, oh, was, I, I was like I'm happy to be back and then they too. gave me they were handing out free shit and oh I yeah got, I got a free pint yeah I got <laughs> then I, I got, really cried <laughs> I got I got a free uh, chips and queso so oh. your favorite <laughs> oh my god literally is my favorite <laughs> um, anything else to say about werewolves within I mean I think as a um, 
derivation of the werewolf trope. I think this movie existed in a queerer, definitely post-2016 Trump election America in a way that was, I think, fairly annoying, but also very satisfying. I concur. So, yeah, werewolves within. Give it a check. Out. Wait, check it out. (laughs) (laughs) You need to learn your words. You can kiss my butthole. (laughs) All right, our act three, Scream Queen of the Week. We're getting into spontaneous and we're covering Haley Law as Tess. Yes, so Tess is the best friend. Um, to the main character. Uh, The thing that happens in this movie is that people start to spontaneously combust. This happens to a girl in calculus class. It happens to people all over. And um, the parents and the administration, they're really trying to find out what this is because it's only happening amongst these high schoolers at the school. So they're like, what is the pathogen? You know, they quarantine them. Again, very traumatic for me to watch a quarantine scene. (laughs) Um, What I liked about Tess, well, first of all, once again, Tess uh, was one of the Josie and the Pussycats in the new uh, Riverdale well, new-ish Riverdale series. And, I mean, she's black and she lives to the very end. So, scream queen! <laughs> but, you know, largely she exists in this world with her breast, her best, her best friend, her best friend. <laughs> and they are, for all intents and purposes, a unit. You know, they've had each other's back. There's a new guy who comes to school who the main character kind of, like, you know, has a crush on, like, falls in love with. But, like, you get the sense that, like, Tess has to vet this person first. Like, he has to pass the test test before he can get to the main character and get into her heart. And I will say also that, like, I got a little, I don't think I'm the only one, but I got a little lesbianic vibe from the two of them because they oh, ended yeah. up living together on the beach, which was their plan from the, they'd always wanted to live together on the mm-hmm. beach and that's how they end the movie. Yeah, it was super coded. It, they never said it, but there was something going there for sure. It was in the water. In the water. There was a little gay in Magic the water. Magic in the water. Yeah. Um, But there, I don't think we ever actually saw saw anybody explode like a vfx thing we would just see the reactions yeah and we would see like the blood and all that kind of stuff which Mm -hmm. was kind of cool it was effective yeah yeah you never needed to see did we see people explode i think we saw entrails yeah i don't think i can't remember ever actually i would remember if i saw like a head you know bust open like in a cronenberg film or some shit like but um yeah, it, it, like when homeboy dies, uh, you know, which is <laughs> that was really messed up. That was so fucked up, especially because she was like, oh, "There you are, there you are," and then you just kind of see like thing, and I think you see his jaw. No, he's he had blood on his face, and then it just turns to her, and then it's just red. So you, you don't see like I feel like a part of him like hit her face because she had like an injury afterwards because like a she part just had of blood it, all over. It was fucked up. It was yeah. fucked. There's that no was, jaw, Tommy. <laughs> I will go back and there's going to be a jaw and I'm going to put that shit on Instagram and I'm going to tag you. I'm going to tag you. You better not tag tag me. I'm blocking you. You're blocked. (laughs) But I thought, you know, as a, not a a morality play, but like as um, a metaphor for hormones, you know, the sort of explosion of of hormones and that infatuation, you know, that thing that happens. I, I remember having crushes on people in high school and it felt overwhelming. It did feel like you were under the influence of something. I definitely felt like before alcohol and drugs, crushes were the 
I think, biggest source of mind-alteringness for me. Because you really see through rose-tinted glasses when you have a crush on somebody. You know, like, I remember when I was younger and I had nothing better going for me and I would get obsessed with people. They would be the first people that I thought of when I woke up in the morning or the last people I thought of at night. Or, you know, you'd write them on your notebook or some shit like that. Like, that's how powerful those seemed to me at a young age when I first started getting them. I can remember those people too. And I look back like, what the fuck was I thinking? What the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> but it is so all-encompassing and so powerful. And that's kind of what I felt with this metaphor was like people being overcome by their hormones or whatever. Yeah. And of course it had to exist in high school, you know? Um, and they never really, I can't remember if they, they had like a pill, right? Or something started, ended up working so they wouldn't blow up, but it was still kind of like, it was spontaneous. Like you didn't yeah. know if that person next to you that sat in front of you. Yeah, they never cured it. Like they, they basically could still blow up at any time. Mm. They don't know what caused it. But it, but I, I too agree with the high school hormones metaphor. Largely, what it extrapolated for me was this idea that it's hard to get close to people when you know they're going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more immediate in this movie because, you know, she's forging this romantic relationship while people are exploding all around her and it ends up happening to the person that she's like fixated and falls in love with or whatever. But I've been thinking about this uh, lately, like as an older person, as a person who, you know, my father's wife passed away recently, that it is, it is scary. It can be very scary to be attached to somebody or to love somebody because Mm -hmm. of the threat of their eventual leaving Mm -hmm. or of your leaving too. Um, And this, it just kind of encapsulated that a little bit more and like put that under a bell jar. Um, Absolutely. But I was compelled. I kind of liked it. I'm not going to lie. I liked the film. I um, I didn't know what to expect from it. And yeah, I watched it earlier on in the pandemic. Even though it's a stressful film, like it's not meant to put you at ease. I felt at ease watching it. Like mm. I, it was the first time I was able to like sit and comfortably like watch a film for a while. Other than that, I was watching, you know, bullshit Tiger King and all that, whatever, mm-hmm, <laughs> all mm-hmm, that nonsense. Mm-hmm. But um, and like reality television and all those things that just like were causing me so much like anxiety, just thinking about the way the world works mm. is just so shitty already. So um, I don't know. This this film was kind of a breath of fresh air. Uh, the only thing that didn't work was that homegirl's wig. What the fuck was that wig? <laughs> I didn't say nothing. I said it. <laughs> Come on now. That was a hot mess. The fuck? It's not like she don't got hair. Yeah. Why would you put that on her head? That was that was a mess. The person who did the hair was not. They they should be fired. <laughs> I think the worst wig for me was the one that Emma Roberts wore in The Hunt. Did you ever see that one? Did I see it with you? No. No, but I did see it. It was the last movie I saw in theaters before pandemic. Um I don't even remember her in the film. Did she die like early on? Yeah, she played like a Tommy Lauren type. Yeah. Uh, I remember she was like in the field and running yeah. or something. But I don't remember her wig, no. It was worse than this one. But <laughs> but it, this one was still pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Tessa's hair looked real good, though. You know, it did. She definitely, I feel like she was like, let me do this. It's fine. <laughs> Y'all don't know how to, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so Haley Law... You are our scream queen of the week. And you know what I mean? Next time, be the main character. (laughs) (laughs) 
Scream Queen is produced by Kenya and Alex from Domino Sound. I am Drea Washington. You can find me on Instagram at HeyGirlHey. That's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y. And I am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at HeyTeebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on Instagram. You can also find us at Scream Queen Podcast on Instagram as well. And in the scary movie of your life. You better. Scream Queen. Queen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.